Welcome to Northside Community Church. We believe that our mission is to impact the community in a positive way by speaking and living out the good news of Jesus. We hope that you'll enjoy this message today. The King is coming. Okay, so we're all aware that Prince Charles and all the kingdom over there in the UK, the Brits are getting ready. They've got his face on teacups and spoons and tea towels and bells and everywhere. His face is being shown everywhere. I've just seen a couple of things on the TV lately and the world is getting ready to, for the coronation of Prince Charles III. Amen. And so what a day that will be. The whole world will be winning. You know, millions are pledging their allegiance to the new king-to-be, King Charles III. Um, And, you know, many will not be there to to bring allegiance to him. There'll be mockers there, scoffers. We already see it on the TV. Many are not happy with him becoming king, but millions are. And today I want to speak about a kingdom, but it's it's a different kingdom and that is um, called the king. The Bible speaks about the kingdom of God that we are a part of. Okay, so Christians and believers all over the world today, we have pledged our allegiance to Jesus Christ. To us, He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So we don't say that lightly. He is our King and He is our Lord, and His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. What a name that is. And um, can we show the slide? I've been watching The Chosen, and I think I've mentioned it before, and I'm loving it. I'm just loving Jesus, what he's been doing. I love it when he um, healed the leper, um, not the leper, the man by the side of the pool. I forget his name. It wasn't blind Bartimaeus. It was a man lying, and Jesus came, and he said, what do you want me to do? He could see that he was lame. And that's what Jesus asks us sometimes, what do you want me to do? And that's a question today. What do you want me to do? What do you want God to do in your life today? And of course, the man said, well, I want to be healed. And so God God knows what you need and he's asking you today, what do you want me to do for you in your life? Just keep that in your heart because that's what God wants to do. He wants to do, the Bible speaks about, he wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, what we can ask or think. And that's a lot, isn't it? Exceedingly abundantly. So just tuck that aside in your heart today. In 1 Timothy um, chapter 6, verse 15, it says, which God will bring about in his own time. But the part I wanted to say was, God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And then in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 to 11, it says, therefore, God exalted Jesus, him, to be in the highest place. And he gave him the name that is above every name. That at that name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. We sang that song today, that one day when the Lord comes, every Christian, every non-believer, every angelic host, every demonic host will one day bow down and acknowledge that he is the Lord. But today we rejoice because we are his chosen ones. We are the believers that we bend down knee easily to his lordship today. Um, It says here that every tongue will confess. And to confess means 
to acknowledge openly. We don't hide it. We acknowledge Jesus is my Lord. We acknowledge it openly. And it also means to acknowledge openly and joyfully. We're so happy to be belonging to the kingdom of God and to the, to the King of kings and the, to the Lord of lords. And we celebrate and we give him praise now. We've done that this morning. We have given him praise and glory and honour now. And when Jesus comes back the second time, what a day that will be. All the, so um, I've just got here, I've written notes and I'm hard, very hard for me to stray away from them and come back. So please forgive me if I have to look for my spot here. But what, I, what I've written here, that all the earth, all those that have accepted Jesus Christ as saviour, with all those that have rejected him, together we will bow our knees to declare that Jesus is Lord. You know, that confession will be heard by every, every nation and every tribe and everyone will hear us all bowing down one day after the Lord comes that he is Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. What a day that will be. So we, want to, we, we spoke, how do you use that scripture about hearing the word of God? And laying our foundation on Christ, hearing the word of God and implementing that into our lives. You see, that brings maturity into our lives. We're growing God. It's not enough just to come to church and maybe to read a verse or two once a week, but to read it, read it like there's a treasure in there. Apply it to their lives and great change comes into our lives. His presence and his power comes into our lives. Do you know the Bible says that we have the power of God in us over the enemy. The enemy comes and he attacks us with things. We get discouraged. We get worried. We get frightened. We think, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? Do you know God has given us his power and authority over every demonic thought, over every demonic accusation, because we have the presence and the power of God in our lives. Now, if you've got that and you know it, Give me an amen. Amen. If you haven't got it, you know, that's what God wants to do in you. He wants to give you his presence and his power through the, through the power of his word changing us. We have power over the enemy. We have power to say no to sin, no to ungodliness. Because sometimes we, we just go along with what's happening in the world. You know, God has given us his presence and his power to be able to say, no, I'm not going to go down that road. I'm going to obey the word of God and I'm going to go this way, serving God with all of my heart. You see, we walk in delegated authority. God has given us authority over all of those things that come against us. And praise God for that. And we have to know this to be able to rule in this life. You know, the Bible says that he gives us authority to rule and reign in this life. You know, we're above and not beneath. We're seated together in heavenly places with Christ. We are above. That means we don't have to take whatever's coming our way. If that's not of God, we can stand firm and know in the name of Jesus, I don't accept it. I rule and reign with Christ and he gives me the ability to live my life in him and with him. Hallelujah. Okay, so we'll show the um, next slide, the crown of thorns, because Jesus is Lord. You know, Jesus died that we might live. 
He died for me that I might live my life to the praise and glory of him. I've been a Christian since I was a teenager. And it's interesting because um, I've never backslid. I've never gone away from the Lord. And I just think that's the most amazing thing. That's what grace looks like. God has kept me, preserved me. I've had no desire to do what other people do. I just, I just, I've always felt like if I strayed one little tiny inch, the Holy Spirit would say, Vicky, uh-uh, don't do that. And I was um, not gullible, but I was happy because sometimes people just are gullible in the world. They'll go and do things thinking, no one will know, no one will see me, I'll be okay. But you know, when you stray just one little centimetre, and then the next time it's another little centimetre, and then the next time another little centimetre, you're way off course, and you think, oh my goodness, how did I get so far away from God? So I today I thank the Lord that he's kept me. Yes, I've had temptations. Yes, I've had things happen to me that I think, oh my goodness, what, what on earth is happening? But I've just stood firm. And I've trusted in God. And today I declare the goodness of God in my life. God has kept me. I've come from an interesting background that didn't know Christ. My mum and dad were refugees that came to Australia in 1950. They fled from the war. Mum was only 17 when the Germans came and took her. My dad fought in the war with the Polish army and he um, escaped. They ended up in Australia. Dad ended up one day, he was a Catholic, one day in a, in a Pentecostal church, he gave his heart to the Lord and then we all gave our hearts to the Lord. So I thank the Lord for my dad. He was a man that searched. He knew about God. He was a Catholic. He would have gone to church every Sunday. The war broke out in Europe and he was a battered and shattered man. His nerves were shattered. He, I remember him talking about having... Um, um, nerve, like shock treatment. He was, his nerves were just totally shattered. And so one day he, he went and tried many different religions. He went here and went there, went to, um, to get his palms read. He tried everything. And one day God led him to a church in Geelong, Belmont, Geelong, Victoria, and he gave his heart to the Lord. And I thank God for my dad. I mean, he was a, he was a mess. Um, because of what he went through. But little by little, God drew him to a church where he came to know Christ as his... He knew the difference. God came into his life and he became alive in his heart. And he still struggled with life, as you can imagine, but his heart, deep down in his heart, he loved God and he, and he tried to put him first in his life. He's, of course, gone to be with the Lord now, but I became a Christian because of my dad, so I thank the Lord for that. Praise the Lord. Um, Jesus died for me that I might live, like really live. And, I'm, and I know what that means, to really live a life that's dedicated to God. It's amazing. In Acts 10.36 it says, um, You know the message God sent to the people of Israel. And he sends that to us today as well. Announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. There's that word again, who is Lord of all. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ, who is, and then verse 38, it said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And do you know, that's what God does for us. He anoints us 
with the Holy Spirit and with power only because we come to him and we ask him, God, fill me. Like every morning, pretty much every morning, I just say, God, fill me with your presence. May I do your will. And, you know, that's kept me. I ask God. You know, when we ask God, he comes and he gives to us over the top. God is such a good God. We've, we've been singing this morning about how good God is. God is so good. And I know that many of you know the goodness of God in your life. Hallelujah. Because And the power of God was with him, it says here. And he went about doing good and healing all who are under the power of the devil because God was with him. And then what Jesus said, and then I give this to you. You have the power to do good and to heal all of those who are under the power of the devil because God is with us. And I know that many of you have seen God do amazing things through your life as you have prayed for people. Hallelujah. This is what the God is, where Jesus rules over us. We're his kingdom and we are a part of his kingdom, all those that know him. So my question is, who can receive the kingdom of God and to be a part of it? In Romans 10, verse 12 to 13, it says this. There is no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. There's no difference between man and woman. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. All who call on him. And verse 9, did we put verse 9 in, Sharon? I don't think we did. Can you do it or not? No, it's okay. Don't worry. You see, here it says, after we receive Christ, after we are saved, after we open up our heart and confess to the Lord, Lord, I've sinned and I need you in my life. After we have been born again, what into his kingdom? What does God call us when we do that? When we give our heart to the Lord, where we've repented of our sins and come to Jesus, what does he call us? In 1 Peter 2, verse 9, it says this, verse 9 and 10. It says, you are called a chosen people. You are chosen by God. All of us who have said, Lord, I forgive. Forgive me for my trespasses. Forgive my sins. I want you in my life. I crown you as the Lord of my life. And God says, okay, because you've done that, you're chosen. You're a royal priesthood. That means before only the priests would go into the presence of God. And now God calls us. We can go into the presence of God just like that. We are called um, a royal. We're royalty. And there's sometimes that kind of boggles my mind. What do you mean royalty? That's special. You're unique. You're amazing. But that's what God calls us. We are a, um, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. That's who you are. I heard a hallelujah. That's who you are. God's special possession. That you might declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Can I hear an amen? God has called us out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people. What does that mean? Once we, we weren't because we were lost, we were in darkness. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And because we have received mercy, 
we give mercy to one another. Hallelujah. That's who God calls us, chosen, royal um, believers. And we live for him. And when we live for him, we are a part of his kingdom. I want to read that same scripture, but in the Passion Translation. And I just love what it says there. It says here, but you are a chosen treasure. That's what God calls you, a treasure. Oh, you blokes, you're a treasure to God. Oh, that's great. Priests who are kings. Priests, that's who, what God calls us. Only the priests could go into the presence of God, but God calls us. You are royal. Um, and then it says, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvellous light. And I see the light in all your faces because God has come into your lives and now he claims you as his very own. He loves you so much. He loves us so much that he calls us his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. We're his, we're his reflection and we reflect God to the world. For at one time you were not God's people, but now you are. At one time you knew nothing of God's mercy because you hadn't received it yet, but now you are drenched with it. Drenched with it, with the mercy of God. Hallelujah. What a wonderful scripture. You know, when Jesus... Um, is when Jesus the King is Lord over us, there's a willingness to serve him and we yield to his sovereignty. There's an allegiance in our hearts that we say, I serve God. Yes, the people in Britain, they will serve the King, which is great, but we serve a kingdom that is far greater. I put my hand on my heart, where's my heart? And I say, I pledge allegiance to my King. I love him and I serve him. To receive him is to receive his rule over my life. You know, you know, I don't belong to myself anymore. I'm a child of God and I want to do what God wants me to do. You see, not only in my life and over my daily affairs, but then through my life to others by my service and my love for people. So God doesn't do just stuff in my life just for me. But he does it so that I might then be his reflection, be his hands, be his feet where I walk to those that need Jesus or need, a, need healing or need deliverance, that I'm willing to be used by God to serve him. So you see, Christianity isn't just for us. It's for God to use our lives to reach out and touch the world with his love and his grace. And that's what he wants to do in all of us. Hallelujah. In Luke 17, 21, it says this. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a part of a scripture. Then it says, here it is or, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. The, I can't get the other translation, but it says sometimes we're kind of wondering, what on earth, where is God? But the kingdom of God is right in our midst, right here now, this is where the kingdom of God is. This is where God is and he rules and reigns over the lives of his subjects that say, here I am, Lord, I'm yours. Amen? Amen. So that's Luke um, 17, 21. It's a spiritual kingdom. God's kingdom realm does not come simply by obeying principles, not by being good. You can't just be in the kingdom just by being good. 
But God's kingdom realm is a person, Jesus Christ. And we come to him and we say, Lord, I submit to you. You are my king. Hallelujah. And when he lives in us, when he lives in me, I change. We're supposed to look more like Jesus as we grow in him. Amen. And I hope that you see Jesus in me because I see Jesus in in many, many, all of you. I see the Lord in you and it's amazing. The kingdom of God in me changes me. Before I was lost, I was in darkness and away from God. I received salvation through forgiveness of my sins. I repented and received him as Lord and my relationship to God was restored as was yours. And the Holy Spirit began to do a work in me and I began to change. That's how we change. In Matthew 4, 17, it says, From that time of Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Where there's repentance, God comes, his kingdom comes. In John 3, 3, it says, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. The kingdom of God comes when we give our hearts to the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has begun. The old has gone. The new is here. That was my dad's story, and that's my story today. The new has come. In John 1.12 it says, Yet all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, He gave the right to become the children of God. Amen. That's us. Hallelujah. In Matthew 6.10 it says, and um, this is a wonderful prayer, and I've begun to pray this every morning. Lord, may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. I love the way that Jesus teaches us um, parables and illustrations, and they really become alive when. I, and that's why I've, I've loved um, watching The Chosen. Do, does anyone know what The Chosen is? The movie or the the series? I just love it. I love Jesus. I love the way he portrays Jesus, the man that's playing Jesus. He's got those beautiful brown, soft eyes and that beautiful, gentle spirit, but he can be firm when he needs to be. Anyway, so. Um, I learn a lot from the word and I love how Jesus brings alive scriptures relating to children. So in Matthew chapter 10, I'm sorry, Mark 10 verse 13, it says this. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. Those disciples, they all wanted to have Jesus all to themselves. They didn't want the kids, you know, running around and making a big hullabaloo. I love it when kids come to our church. So never say, shh, stop making all that noise. We love them and we need to welcome them when they come. So anyway, I'll keep on going um, because when when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and he said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. You know, little children are open. Am I open to the Lord? Am I open to his voice? Little children are so receptive. They believe they're receptive. Am I? Little children are so humble. There's no guile in them. Or am I proud or arrogant? 
Little children are trusting. They trust in the Lord easily and take him at his word. Do I hold back? They forgive easily. Oh, my goodness. Little kids forget about it. And the next minute they're hugging each other and they're best buddies. Do I forgive easily? I am forgiven, so I can't condemn. Hallelujah. In Matthew 18, verse 1 and 4, it says this. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Who? Who's the greatest? The disciples? The Pharisees? He called a little child to him and he placed a child among them. And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. What a powerful scripture. You know, just to be childlike, open, receptive, humble, trusting, forgive easily. Whoever humbles himself, who's the greatest? Whoever humbles himself and becomes and has that childlike faith and childlike heart is the greatest in the kingdom. You know, some scriptures are just gold. I love this scripture. Then in Matthew 6.33, it says this. But seek first, and I think Hardy said this in his um, message this morning, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of living, his righteousness, and all the other things that we worry about, they'll be taken care of. They'll be given to you as well. But seek first. To seek means to pursue. Do we pursue him? It also means to crave. That's a strong word, crave. Like, oh, I want it. The kingdom of God. Go after it with everything I've got. And Jesus said that if you do, I'll take care of all the other stuff that you're worrying about. All the things that, you, that, that give you um, angst. It's easy to trust and to seek the Lord when we're in church. It's easy because we're all together. We've, heard, we've sung some songs. We've read, we've read the word, heard the word. But it requires to continually build a relationship with Jesus every day so that he will sustain us when the storms come. And storms will come. As you know, storms come. They'll continue to come. But we know him and we know that he sustains us because we're seeking him we're inviting him into our world every day to make him the priority number one in our life each day to invite him your kingdom come your will be done in my life as it is in heaven hallelujah lord your will be done and you know we, we've all got worries and i just want to encourage us to always to lay them at the cross because jesus died for us that we might live a life of abundance. We lay our cares at him, for um, cares that we have at the cross of Jesus and leave it there. And yes, things will still continue to come, but we have Jesus in our hearts. We have his presence in our lives, his power to overcome. The storms will rage around us, but we are in the middle of the storm and we are solid in God, knowing, yep, there's a storm coming, but my trust is in him and I focus on him. To us, as believers, as the chosen ones, as the set-apart ones, the people of the kingdom, we show allegiance to the King of kings and to the Lord of lords. By how? I love this next word. It, it's, it's consecrating. 
And I looked it up, and it's an interesting word. As we consecrate, we dedicate our hearts to the Lord. Um, you know, that, our, that we can actually say, Lord, my life is wholly yours. And when our life is wholly his, what happens to us? We become holy because we give our lives to Jesus. In Joshua chapter 3, verse 5, um, it says, Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. I love this verse, to consecrate yourselves to the Lord, and he will do amazing things among you. To consecrate means to be set apart from the, from the world. Yes, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. We don't let the world influence us. And boy, are we being influenced every which way. You know, what, is, what was good before is bad now. What was bad before is good now. It's like the world is a, is a mess and we need to be set apart from the world. We're different. We, are, we should be different to devote yourself to the worship of God and worship and serve the Lord is interchangeable. As we serve the Lord, we worship. As we worship the Lord, we serve. It's interchangeable. Dedicating ourselves to a higher purpose. God's got things for us. And I know that most of us here in this room already do that. We're called to a higher purpose. Giving ourselves to the Lord. Putting yourself in God's hands. Dethroning yourself. And enthroning Jesus. Because sometimes we're on the throne, but we have to dethrone ourselves and enthrone Jesus. Consecrate for us today is an ever-deepening love for Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, it's just simply saying, yes, Jesus, I want you. I know that you're the saviour of so many people. I want you to be my saviour. Forgive me for my past and cleanse me. Come into my life and make me new. That's as simple as that. Hallelujah. Having childlike trust in Father God and having, I'll use this word, a radical obedience to the word of God. You know when God sometimes, we read the word and he kind of just presses our shoulder and there's a little, I call it a little prompting. If we don't obey that straight away, he'll do a bigger prompting the next time until he whacks you on the head. Well, not really. But, you know, the Holy Spirit is gentle and he prompts us and he just kind of nudges you. And I know it's the Holy Spirit. I've become accustomed to his voice and to the way he nudges me. And so as we grow in God, there's a more of an awareness of the Holy Spirit working in my life. And, I, and I, my, my heart's desire is, Lord, I want to be radically obedient, not just obedient when when I feel like it, but I, because I'm called of you, I want to bring you praise and glory and I want to stand before you one day and know that I've done all that I can for Jesus with, with all that I have. It's being changed day by day. And really that's what holiness is. Holiness isn't some pious person that's unattainable. Holiness is simply today I've done the best that I know how to. I'm still not perfect, but I can, I can tell and I know that I'm forgiven, I love Jesus and I've done the best today as I know how to, 
That is holiness because we're whole. But the next day will bring another challenge. The next day will bring a greater challenge. And as it goes on, as we obey the Lord, we, be, we reflect him and we, and we reflect his glory to those around about us and those in the world. It's being awake because the Lord is coming soon. You better believe it. Jesus is coming soon. Um, committed to love the church worldwide the church and committed to love one another. That's a sign. Hallelujah. And a contagious zeal for the Lord. How will God find us when he comes? Consecrated, serving him, loving him, walking in freedom, being awake. I pray this, is a, uh, this message is the first message, and Hardy's going to do the second message, but my message today is to consecrate, consecrate ourselves before the Lord. Can we stand? Is that okay? Let's stand and we're going to pray. Pray. Um, soon the, the, the um, Charles III will be King Charles III. All over the world, people will be waving their flags and shouting, Long live the king! Oh my goodness, it's going to, we're all be, going to be glued to our TVs, or maybe we won't, but we're going to see, oh, that's a beautiful picture. That's what's going to happen, King Charles. But you know, we live in a greater kingdom. We live in a kingdom where Jesus Christ is Lord over our lives. And one day, all, the whole, all of the nations will bow our knee before the Lord and declare him the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And so we want to consecrate ourselves to the Lord. So let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for the privilege of sharing your word. I thank you, Lord, that we live in a greater kingdom. We live in the kingdom of God, and you have come into our world. The kingdom of God has come. And Lord, when we receive you, we receive the life of God. And so, Father, today, if you want to put your hand over your heart or you want to raise your hand, you do whatever you want to do, but in your heart... May it be a reflection in our bodies as well, our heart, our hands. Lord, I consecrate my life to you again. I know I've done it many, many times in years gone by, but today's a new day. I consecrate my heart to you. I want to be set apart from the world. I want to be different. I want to devote myself to the worship of you. I want to dedicate myself to a higher purpose, living and serving you and touching lives around me with the, with the good news of Jesus. I want to give myself to you, Lord, and I'm putting myself into your hands. I dethrone myself. I take myself off the throne and I put you on the throne of my heart. And I call you Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I dedicate my life to you. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. We encourage you to allow this message and the Word of God to sink in and make a difference in your everyday life. If you want to know more about our church, check us out online at northsidechurch.com.au.